It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with MIDI Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause. And MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at MIDI Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. The 13th Amendment to the United States Constitution abolished slavery and involuntary servitude, except as a punishment for a crime. Ever wondered how we ended up with the largest prison population of any country? Have you noticed that those whose jobs it is to protect and serve seem to be demanding more and more blind obedience? You didn't think it just happened by chance, did you? It's time to call attention to the fact our government is the most prolific slave owner on the planet. This is Surviving the System. Thank you for joining me today on Surviving the System. This is Dance and Dave. And ladies and gentlemen, this week we are going to be venturing back into Florida. Florida, if you have not had a proper introduction, seems to almost be a land in and of its own that really just has some some strange idiosyncrasies all the way across the board. And obviously, we're going to be talking specifically about the system and more specifically about the the legal system here in this aspect. Um yeah, so we're we're going to be in for a treat today as we're going to be bringing on someone from the Florida Justice Coalition. So before we get into that, I would like to take my moment here. And as always, I'm going to start the show with a moment of gratitude, uh, as we sometimes can cover some topics that are a little, little hard to digest. Sometimes they can get a little bit dark. Want to make sure that we always start and end on a positive note. And if I was coaching a client one-on-one, I would be telling them one of the first things you do when you wake up in the morning is, is make sure you start your day with gratitude. So I always take my own advice in this aspect, and we are going to start the show with gratitude. And this last week, I, you know, honestly, I am grateful for the work that I have done over the last few years, because as the... COVID situation, the global pandemic has unfolded over the last few months. You know, really, I don't think that I would have, I don't think that I would be here if it wasn't for all of the challenges and pushing myself and learning and growing that I've done over the last three years. I I think this might have, this might have taken a pretty good toll on me. 
So because of the work that I've been doing and because of the people that have come into my life that have helped to support me and to encourage me and to really continue to educate me, um, I've been able to roll with the punches. Please understand, I'm not saying that it's been easy by any stretch of the imagination, but there's a difference between there's a difference between easy and meaningful. And things are definitely much more meaningful now than they were to me even just a few years ago. And for that, I'm, I'm extremely grateful to be able to still find purpose and meaning in the midst of all the chaos. Today, we are going to be bringing on Angie Hatfield from the Florida Justice Coalition. Florida Justice Coalition is a growing group of individuals, groups, nonprofits with a passion for making a positive impact in the prison system and in criminal justice overall. For the next legislative session that's coming up in Florida, it is imperative that the community gets active by engaging legislatures, candidates, encouraging commitment from all of them to come together as one force, a coalition to change lives. And that's really right off of some of the information that they've sent over to me is in, in a press kit. But that, I think, just speaks volumes because outside of Florida, even, that's what we need to be doing. We need to take this group of growing individuals, groups, nonprofits that have that burning passion to not just fix, but to completely tear down and, and rebuild in a much better fashion the prison and criminal justice system that we have here in this country. So those words strike really true to me. And, and when Angie and, and her team reached out to me originally, I, of course, I jumped at the opportunity to get her on here. And I think you're all going to be you're all going to be fired up. You're all going to be extremely impressed. And hopefully you see what I see here. So without further ado, Angie, thank you very much for joining me today on Surviving the System. Thank you so much for having me. How are you doing today? I am doing fantastic. I'm doing fantastic. How about you? Well, you know, there's weird, then there's Florida weird. That's what they say. So. <laughs> I'm coming to understand that more and more. I, uh, outside of the, you know, the quote unquote Florida man jokes from the from the oh. newspapers, I had really no idea how almost foreign of a land Florida is, even when compared to some of the other 50 states when you get to Texas and they're, you know, notoriously tough on crime attitude. But um, yeah, tell me a little bit about when you say there's weird and then there's Florida weird, like what, what does that mean to you? What, how could you explain that to somebody who's like, what the heck are they talking about? I thought Florida was, was Disneyland and alligators. <laughs> well, I, I'll tell you what, it, it's, I think it might be the heat. Um, not sure, but but you're you're just gonna, especially as far as crimes go, you're just gonna see the weirdest of the weird, you know. Uh, Florida man slap girlfriend with an alligator and because <laughs> she she stepped on or she burned his pancakes or you just never know. Uh, I I see a lot of strange uh, things happening in other states though as well come summertime. So I think it's the heat um, in Florida. We are a, a retirement state. We are a tourist state, and uh, we actually don't pay a state tax. You know you, how your federal taxes and your et cetera, et cetera, come out of your, your paycheck. 
Well, the residents don't pay state tax. We have a large amount of income from our tourists and our our retirees and such. So, but unfortunately, with that also comes an an unbelievable, unbelievably tough on crime policy. We want our tourists to feel safe. We want our retirees to feel safe. But unfortunately, oftentimes that's to the detriment of our citizens. So. Um, we actually have a law. We we have something called PRR, which is Prison Release Reoffender. If you go to prison and you come out, you have to sign. You know, you have to sign all this paperwork when you come out of prison. Um, after you do your 85%, which is uh, a lot of people get a little worked up over the 85%, but it's it's pretty. That's that's the. Uh, oh my goodness, I forgot the word for it, the term. But um, it's it's. It's pretty fair as far as across the state. <clears throat> but uh, after you serve your 85%, you come out, you sign your paperwork, and um, part of that paperwork, you have to sign this little thing about PRR, Prison Release Reoffender. Within three years, if you commit another crime within three years, you're going to go back to prison. You're going to actually go for your new crime plus your old. Uh, we have a scoring system. And it depends on what degree of a felony. If it's a punishable by life, you're going for life. If it's, I think, a second-degree felony, you go for 15 years. Is it 15 years? We're the only state that has this, the only state. And uh, my team, I have a great team, actually, that works really, really hard on the coalition. We have Angie, uh, Vicki, and we have Patricia. And Patricia is very close to the PRR. And um, she really has delved into it and much more than I have. And um, I wish she were on here with me right now. But um, she said that th- this actually didn't even go through. Like, you know how typically when you have a bill uh, go through the, it goes to the legislature, you got the Senate, you have the House, you want to have a bill in the House and the Senate, kind of very similar. Has to go through three committees, then they vote yay or nay if it goes through yay, and then the other side, and then it goes to the governor, he signs it, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. So apparently our PRR did not happen that way. Um, it involved a Supreme Court judge and uh, a couple of House reps at the time, and boom, there you go. Now people are going for life after just a fairly, even like robbery of a unoccupied dwelling. You can go for 15 years for that. So um, not, I apologize for interrupting me. Just to just to clarify, so if I understand what you're saying then, so this was not something that went through the, the quote-unquote proper channels where it went to the legislator and it was voted on or even, even something where it came up to a vote for the general population where they said, hey, we're going to, we're thinking about putting together this bill. What do you guys think? And put it to a vote. It just, somebody would just swipe the pen and and there you go. It's been enacted. Basically, from my understanding, uh, I'm not a lawyer. I do not work in the legal field. Um, I don't know everything, but from my understanding, yes. So now it is in the statutes and our our penalty statutes. A seven seven five point zero eight four. So it is in there, but apparently it did not go through the channels in which it, it typically, when you have a bill, when you have a change in, in statute or what have you, did. Uh, this past year we had 
a lot of our legislators, we had over 30 bills having to do with criminal justice and or sentencing. And, and this was one of them. And uh, we actually have FAM, F-A-M-M, Families Against Mandatory Minimums. We have a very strong presence of FAM in Florida. And their lobbyist, Greg Newborn, he, he stood up at that at the uh, first meeting and just went on and on about how draconian we're the only, this is the only state, blah, 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 blah. It, it's kind of almost similar, actually, to the, you know, the thir- three strikes you're out yeah. they had in California. Very similar, except for two strikes. Very, very similar. That's hmm. probably the closest you can come to our, our PRR, prison release reoffender. So, unfortunately, didn't make it. It only made it through our first, through its first uh, uh, committee, and didn't make it any farther than that. Though, in the Senate, we have some great senators that are very pro reform, and uh, hopefully, they'll will still be in session uh, for next year. Uh, I personally was supporting a bill for the second look, which is they tried to get it. Currently, there's a there's a it's a federal where if you're 18 or or I'm sorry under 18, then you can get a second look at your sentence after. It just depends on the years, but I believe it's 10 years. And we tried to get something like that in Florida, and uh, we'd even raised it 15 years, et cetera, and tried to get it under 25, like before your 25th birthday, after 15 years, uh, depending on your crime. And then after 20 years, it just depends. And what your crime was, uh, you could get a second look. You could go back to the court uh, if you have you show remorse and you've taken classes. You've really re- rehabilitated yourself because we are the Department of Corrections, not Department of Corrections and Rehabilitation. So if you've rehabilitated yourself through uh, your your own means or your family's means on the outside, you could get that second look. Unfortunately, that also did not make it either. Um, it got about as far as our PRR. So really, it was very disappointing this past session. As Now this year, as a coalition, we're being much more aggressive as far as the political end. Uh, the way I see it is, you know, we are asking legislators, lawmakers, to change laws to benefit those that broke the law. And so that's really, that's a, an amazing feat in and of itself. I mean, when you really think about it, that's hard. Yeah, I've, never, I mean, I've never thought about it that way before, but yeah, I, <laughs> I, that kind of sums it up pretty well. Yeah, it kind of sounds impossible. I think I'm going to get all sad and depressing now. <laughs> no, <laughs> all sad I'll, and depressing. I'll keep us on track. I'll keep us on track. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but you're, you're asking. <laughs> so, so it's kind of a huge feat. So we have to get a little bit more active. We have to get out of our comfort comfort zone. Uh, we have to do a little bit more than posting on Facebook or signing a petition or what have you. We're putting together a poll, I'm sorry, for our potential leg- potential candidates, potential legislators, candidates, et cetera, to kind of get gauge their reactions, uh, put that together. We also we wanted to go out into community, you know, C-19 kind of made that impossible. We wanted to go out to the community uh, throughout the state and uh, put on little shindigs, as I call it, trying to teach people how to 
look into your legislator, how to read their grade card, how to look and see what they stand for, you know, what's their path. I mean, if they're currently in office, what bills have they passed? What bills have they sponsored? How to read a ballot. Uh, there's a, a there's a large population in our state that just kind of check yes or no, or if they're not sure, they don't ask, they just check yes or no. So we kind of wanted to get out into the uh, community and teach people a little bit more about civics. Uh, I think we're going to try some sort of an alternative. Still working on that, so, so we can't physically go out. Yeah, take, taking a step back real quick, and you say that you're putting out a poll for potential legislative candidates. What, what does that poll entail? What is exactly that you're looking for? Well, <clears throat> all the questions are from uh, people in the group, uh, families, et cetera, et cetera. We're kind of looking for them to say, you know, to spe- for about specific, you know, you want to ask, well, how do you feel about PRR? Are you willing to support, you know, uh, an ab- to abolishing it, actually, not even changing it, just abolishing yeah. it altogether. You know, uh, we're going after specific issues. Um, I know we're going to ask them about the um, 1020 life. We have that 1020 life mm-hmm. um, for, you know, if you have a gun or what have you. Mandatory minimums. Uh, FMR felony, I'm sorry, felony murder rule. Right. Um, just kind of ask them, what's your stance on this? What are you willing to do? Blah blah blah. I, our Patricia is the gal that's running the running the poll, so she has all the questions. I don't have those questions in front of me. Yeah. We're a hot mess. <laughs> We're a coalition that we coalate, <laughs> but it takes us a while to. Hey, especially so, at this time, I think everybody pretty much understands because we're all going through the same thing. I, it's like, well, let's do this, this, and this, and oops, now we can't do this, this, and this, and then can we maybe? I don't know. Or is this yeah. opening? Is that opening? So, yeah. So it's what, been a little bit difficult. How how receptive, I mean, outside of obviously the most dis, the, the most recent disappointing legislative session, how receptive have you found legislators to to even talking about things like this? If you're putting this poll out, do you, do you have any kind of a, an initial inclination to where people lean? Well, uh, from my personal experience, this actually, uh, this past year, it was September. Um, I had proposed a bill for body cameras and prison. What brought me to this whole thing was I learned about abuse. I I'm, I'm the general public, actually. I'm the, I was previously the general public. I had no clue that prisoners sometimes are raped, beaten, and even murdered by those that are charged in their care. And when I found out about that being a fact, I, just, I had to do something. How can I know that that happens? How can I know that anybody is being abused by another and not do anything about it. Does that not make me just as guilty? Mm. These are people. These are just people, just like me, just like you. So um, that's kind of what got me involved, and and I actually proposed body cams in inside of our institutions. And so I went around and I lobbied for it. I took a week off of work and I drove around the state. I met with a lot of them, and I did learn a lot about politics at that time. And I also learned that the way to really get a whole these are just our our state side our state level politicians the senators and the house reps this is actually more of a part-time job 
They're in session for two months out of the year. They have a few meetings here and there, but the majority of them have other jobs. They have businesses or what have you. This is not a, a full-time gig for them. They make 29000 a year as a senator or house rep, and then, you know, they get paid a little per diem while they're in session. But so these are just regular people. And when you sit down one-on-one and discuss with them, no cameras, no recording devices, you'll be amazed how open and receptive they are. And and that's kind of my goal. Personally, I, I'm trying to push to maybe get that one-on-one, not necessarily with me, but <clears throat> with somebody, you know, in their district, just that one-on-one discussion about it. And they're a lot more open. I've noticed just it, it doesn't matter, Democrat, Republican, it did not matter. There were quite a few people that were, I have to say, very open. There's a few. I've, I met one. He He's from New York. He has a previous history um, working with the DOC up there and was just appalled. He's appalled by our system. Uh, there were a few representatives that have had family members, either currently do or have had family members incarcerated, as a matter of fact. So, and even those that weren't super receptive, still kind of, you know, like, for instance, I had one, he was very, very new. It was his first year I met with last year. And, you know, he wasn't really receptive. Honestly, he told me, honestly, if I have to choose sides, I'm going to choose the side of the officers or what have you. But, but he did have some interest in solitary confinement and the overuse of. So in that one-on-one conversation, you know, in the office or Starbucks or wherever you do it, I think that they're much more receptive, much more open, and even if they're not supportive of abolishing the PRR or, you know, changing the 1020 Live or whatever it may be, there's almost every single one of them. There's at least one teeny tiny part of the criminal justice sentencing prison reforms somehow, somewhere. So if we can just get all those little teeny tiny parts together, and, and I think that's Really, my personally, that's my goal for the poll, honestly. But um, so I think that I think they're going to be pretty receptive. Now, what, what I have found, and and this is through my personal experience as well, and so I, I really don't have any statistical data to back this up. This is this is my worldview through my experiences. What I have found is, especially when it comes to politicians. They may like they may personally agree with that or be able to say, yeah, I I think that that's wrong or yes, I think that this particular law is incorrect. However, I'm not going to be the one that raises that issue because that will put my political career in jeopardy and I'm not going to be the one to do that. Has that is that a concern or something you've bumped into in the past, or or how would you even tackle that issue down in Florida? Well, yes, they uh, oftentimes they don't want to be the one to uh, break the ice. They don't want to. Um, su- they'll support the bill. They'll vote yay if it comes across, but they don't necessarily want to be the one to. And and, and at this point, at this point, we're so desperate and thirsty that as long as you'll vote yay, you know, there's a, there's enough. Senator Brandes is probably the most well-known politician in the state of Florida in this realm because he – how many did he bring? 
15, got like 15 bills having to do with criminal justice reform. Hmm. He's very well known. So, I mean, as long as at this point I can get you to say yay rather than nay, I'll take it. I'll take it. Because there's, there's enough of them that will sponsor bills that, I mean, you know, as long as, or, well, especially in the Senate, actually, um, it's much harder in the House right now. The House is pretty rough. Mm-hmm. But there's enough that will sponsor in the Senate. Our goal, too, is to get that companion bill in the House. You know, we've had quite a few Senate bills that with no companion bill, and that's that's an issue. So, uh, and, and honestly, uh, the House reps, that's our main focus. And that's the main focus of many of the groups that are involved with criminal justice reform. As unfortunately, a lot of the groups are 501c3s, so they cannot be very political. But it, this is a coalition. We are not a 501c3. So we can be as political as we'd like and have zero problems um, with that. That's a, yeah, that's well, a fair point. Me. Yeah. <laughs> especially yeah. me. That's a fair point. I, I sometimes forget that with yeah. because I, I also have a it's a small nonprofit. We've just gotten started and, and obviously COVID has kind of put us into a bit of a halt, but mine as well is, is diving into the arena. But it does get somewhat frustrating when I see all of the nonprofits that are out there not saying anything i guess is the best way to put it um but yeah that's that's something that i guess i I, maybe i hadn't forgotten about but maybe lost sight of is the fact that with that 501c3 kind of comes a little bit of the you're fighting with one hand behind your back because you can't be too politically involved along with that or you lose the tax-exempt status well, here's the thing, though. There are multiple nonprofits, and you know the one I th- find to be the most interesting is a 501c4, because that is also a nonprofit. Uh, the only di- and you can be political with that. The only difference is any donations that come to you are not tax deductible. But uh, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, unless you're getting large amounts of money, or somebody's, you know, if you're getting fifty, a hundred dollars. As a donation, are those people really deducting it from their taxes? More than likely not. Um, I mean, maybe large amounts. That might be an issue, but again, yeah. that keeps you that you're still allowed to get involved politically. And I feel like I feel like the legislator, you know, when you're trying to enact this change, FMR felony murder rule, for instance. I can never. You hear me every time I say it. I can't say it right. Yeah. The the blah, blah, blah. Um, <laughs> you know, there's been some success in the court system. And then, uh, what was that, Cruz v. U.S. Uh, not that long ago, and he was 18 years old. <clears throat> now, you can possibly, possibly, if you were 18, use that as precedent to help you in post-relief conviction. But there are so many people inside that are over-sentenced, and, and um, honestly, I think that maybe just changing the law or reapplying the law of some sort, changing the statute 
might affect more people mm. than hoping and waiting and praying for something to hit the Supreme Court. Yeah, yeah, that's true. You know? Now, um, I know um, a lot of young guys that got FMR that are looking at that cruise case, but I don't know any of them as of yet that have been able to use that. So I'm curious, go, going back a little bit here to something that you said when you said that you're just, you know, kind of the, the everyday citizen, so to speak. Was there a defining moment or or a particular situation that brought you into the arena? Um, like, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Tell me, my tell daughter's me in prison. Okay. My daughter's in prison. She had been in this actually just this past summer, June 29th. She's been in for about a little over six years at that time. June 29th of 2019. Earlier that year, she'd been moved to a different prison, and. uh Previous to that, I had not really had a lot of issues, usual stuff or what have you. And I never, I had never been involved in criminal justice reform. I had never been on any of the groups. I never, any of that. And um, honestly, I said, okay, kid, she got 10 years. Okay, kid, do your time, then get out and turn, and, you know, turn your back, right? Never really any of it. Well, she told me on that day that she was going protective custody. Because an officer was grabbing her and trying to make her do sexual things. Hmm. So, and there's something called PREA, which is your Prison Rape Elimination Act. Right. And um, and so that was the day. And I says, and honestly, I says, well, wouldn't you be safer to be around other people? And she said, no, it happens a lot to other people. I said, what? And like just immediately started learning about it. And that's when I learned that it does and, and more, you know, not just the sexual things, but other things. <laughs> and, uh, and, and I kind of, I'm the kind of person I start from the top to the bottom. I start at the top more. more. I wrote a letter to president Trump, like snail mail, handwritten and everything. <laughs> Didn't even think about it, mm. but he, that did make its way around the DOJ. Nothing I don't think ever really came of it. I I flew down and because I'm actually, I am not ever, hardly ever in state. I'm a truck driver over the road. So I'm all over the country. Right now I'm in Kentucky. Um, so I flew down to Florida and, and I went to a town hall meeting and basically cornered one of our senators and said, I need your help. You know, somebody put his hands on my kit. Somebody put their hands on my kit. Uh, we went through the whole rigmarole. There was a, there was a investigation, and she was in a cell at the time. And the investigation showed the officer going in her cell and coming out of her cell, but nothing in the cell. So there was no proof, one way or the other. So basically, the only proof would have been if he would have raped her and she retained the evidence. Right. So, and I'm going to tell you right now, and and it's been a large battle. I tried to get her moved to a different prison, and it's just been one thing after another. Couldn't get her moved. She regularly to this day, I mean, nothing has happened to her since. They'll terrorize her a little bit, but they haven't put their hands on her because they know that there is a politician watching her and me. And, well, um, 
very aggressive person. <laughs> and uh, but she's <laughs> anyways. Um, so she's still there at that same prison to this day, right now, mm. almost a year later. Yeah, um, and she's a, she's going to be out next year. She got another year and a half. But um, so after she she came out of protective custody, they dragged her out of there. She didn't want to come out. Um, and I told her, I said, you know, baby girl, that I I can't just sit and, and let things like this happen to people, to other people. Not everybody has a family member there. Not everybody can, you know, will go after the, a politician or blah, 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 blah. You know, some people are alone and they're getting beat and and sprayed and gassed and, and beaten some more and raped and so I, I can't let it be, but I don't want you to get have retaliation because that's a huge thing. You know, if you make a lot of stink, they're going to try to take it out on your loved one inside. Um, you have to make a huge, huge stink for them to not do that. Yeah. So, and, and you know, and she's in her 20s. I'm not going to tell you how old because that would age me. And I like <laughs> to lie about my age. Um, but I'll tell you this, and this is, I still to this day, I tell people this. Um, she said, <clears throat> Mom, you go ahead and fight. You fight for those people. I'm strong and I can take a beating. Hmm. And now's my kid that said that to me. Now imagine hearing that from your child. Could you imagine your child willing to sacrifice themselves to help other people? Think about that. It's incredible. So I'm going to tell you what, that fire that's in me, that fire that's in me, that is stoked every single day by my kid's word. Every day. And uh, I would be willing to to make the same sacrifice and um, the, the people that I work the closest with they have to be willing to make that same sacrifice because that's maybe what's needed I guess I mean how can you, how can you know that, that things like that happen and do nothing how can you sit there and say oh well Oh, they shouldn't go to prison anyways. Well, you, anybody anybody could be arrested at any point in time. Yeah. Any point in time. You know, the, I, I, when I talk to strangers, I talk to strangers all the time about prison. It's true that some things change as we get older. But if you're a woman over 40 and you're dealing with insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, and weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. And with Midi Health, you can get help and stop pushing through it alone. The experts at MIDI understand that all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes that happen around menopause, and MIDI can help you feel more like yourself again. Many healthcare providers aren't trained to treat or even recognize menopause symptoms. MIDI clinicians are menopause experts. They're dedicated to providing safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions for dozens of hormonal symptoms, not just hot flashes. Most importantly, they're covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. You deserve to feel great. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. That's joinmidi.com. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No and I say, well, and I use the felony murder rule. I say, well, you know what? Don't take your friend up to get a pack of cigarettes because what if they're having a bad day? Ran out of money. They go in there. They steal. They shoot the clerk. You're going to prison for murder. You, you had nothing to do with it. Yeah. But it could happen. There's a, and you could go to prison for the rest of your life for that. There's a story here in, in Nebraska, and I'm, I won't go into it too much because there's a lot to it, and I'm, I'm hoping to cover it in, in an upcoming episode. But there was a gentleman who was um, just out at his home washing his car minding his own business, not really doing much of anything at that time. And somebody drove through the neighborhood, saw him doing that for, you know, reasons his own, decided he didn't like that gentleman and went home, grabbed his gun, came back and just took him out. That was it. And I I bring that up very simply to say to back up your point, I say it not just on the show, but I say it in, in day-to-day life all the time. Man, it, it, if you just turn right instead of turn left at some point in your life, you could very easily just end up in, in prison. And just like you said right there, it, man, that dude was having a bad day. He had a really bad day, apparently. Something went seriously wrong, and that's it. He, he's done. So it's there's not an us and a them that there's not a, Oh, those prisoners. And then me, it's, it's everybody all together there, but for the grace of God, go, I, you can happen to just about anybody out there. I think people don't realize that until it happens. And then it's the, Oh yeah, they were right about that. Too late now, bub. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I, listen. Yeah. I mean, before you judge anyone else, take a gander in the mirror. Okay, if you're going to tell me that you're, you've never done anything wrong, you've never went right instead of left or whatever, then you're a liar, and I'm going to back up a couple of steps when the uh, lightning hits you. Actually, <laughs> I'm going to get the marshmallows, and I'm going to roast them on that fire. <laughs> there you go. Because you're lying. You, you know, know? And, and I think not to dwell too much on this, because I, I, I don't want to go too far, far down the rabbit hole, but I personally, I find it that – the statement that your daughter made is almost indicative of the problem where you said, Hey, I, I need to make sure that this doesn't happen to other people. And as soon as that happened, your daughter immediately knew that that was going to cause a, a retaliation on her in some form or fashion where she told you that that's okay. I can take a beating. That's where it's at. And I think that's the uphill battle that most people who aren't in some way, shape, or form involved in, in the criminal justice reform or prison reform of any kind don't realize that that's why you don't hear about this on the news. That's why you don't hear too much about it just in, in day-to-day talk because it's keep your mouth shut or else type, type of a thing. 
Is that what you've come across, not just with your daughter, but as you've bumped into other stories and, and as you try to get in front of legislators and, and, and your coalition moves together and speak with other people, is this something you've encountered? Uh, yes, it is a hidden world. It is literally a hidden world. Uh, whatever happens there, <laughs> not only are rules broken, but laws are broken. And, and it's behind that wall. It's secretive. Nobody knows about it. And um, as, as, as I said, abuse started this, but it is rolled into I don't even know what. It's rolled into a lot. <laughs> um, I have communication. At this point, I have, I think, 30 people inside now that I communicate with. I call them my R&Ds, as in research and development. <laughs> Like they really actually kind of are. These are people for for the most part have have long sentences, some of which are life. <clears throat> and uh, these are also people that want to help make a change. We actually have a newsletter now that goes in in almost forty five prisons at this point, and every month. Uh, people inside write articles. There's things from the outside and the inside. And and basically, in the newsletter, I'm, I've been trying to um, bring the outside and the inside together to kind of kill off some of that mystery, you know, kind of combine us as one force almost. Not, if the DOC is listening, not any kind of a security threat group force. Okay. <laughs> You say that jokingly, but I know that in, deep in the back of your head, you're like, no, they probably are listening right now. <laughs> they probably are. Because yeah. I do on the regular send emails to them. Actually not. It's um, our, our secretary of the DOC actually sends out these uh, emails to the prisoners. On We have JPay, and it's, it's the email system. And, the, and you can do little videograms, 30-second videograms. He sends those out, and so when I read them, I always respond to them. Or the prisoners. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I, I, I do. Uh, you know, I'm nice or anything, but the very first time, I even send him the newsletter, as a matter of fact. I will not leave you alone. Here's the deal. <laughs> if I want to talk to you, I'm not going to leave you alone. The, I, the best you can do is throw a, a stalking charge on me, which I luckily have avoided that thus far. I probably shouldn't have said that out loud. <laughs> but. Um, I will not leave you alone. I am extremely persistent. So, um, yeah, so I like to respond to all those. He, he could be listening. Who knows? Right. <laughs> I don't know. Um, but that's, uh, I don't know. Everything has been very multifaceted. It, the, uh, well, well, I started, I had these messages from prison. I had this, like, these people would email me. They would just really get in their fields, you know, sometimes. And they would email me. Because they know that it's just me reading it. I've gotten to know them. Like, we're friends. Very good friends. You know, we've become good friends. I know a lot about them. As a matter of fact, one guy, he's shipping me journals. His private journals from oh, in wow. prison. Wow. Yeah. So I don't I don't even know yet. Uh, I think he's, they, his dad's shipping him. So I haven't gotten them yet. But, you know, I know a lot about these people. You know? And uh, I started putting these messages from prison on Facebook. And it was anonymous and just got a lot of response. And they says, well, how are we going to know what the responses are? Well, so that's how the newsletter basically started was I'd put the messages from prison and then the responses on Facebook. What's the name of the, what's the name of the newsletter? Oh, it's called the voice. Okay. 
And um, our website, the website is ForgottenCitizens.org, which is basically the outside version of the newsletter. Um, there's a, we're, we're going to actually have one of the guys inside is doing a Dear Diary. And so we're going to start a little Dear Diary blog. I haven't started it yet, um, obviously. I, I work for a living, you know. Sir. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> this is not my job. Yeah, you and me both. Uh, yeah, so sometimes it takes a while to uh, get together. Actually, a project, and I just went public with it last night. Something else where we're going to, because sometimes I'll have them make little videos, and I'll kind of mash them together. I've got some nice uh, movie-making software, and I'll mash them together. And um, sometimes it's kind of goofy. I want to show that human, the humanity and the human side, because they are just people, regardless of what you've done in your past. You know, you're still a person. You're still a human being. You still have thoughts and ideas and feelings and you laugh and you cry and everything else. So I try to do that. Now, for the 4th of July or upcoming Independence Day, we are reading the U.S. Constitution. And I have people submitting videos from inside and then people on the outside as well. I've kind of taken a little pin and went, and I have like 76 spots if you would like to join. <laughs> mm-hmm. And we're going to mash it all together. Yeah, we have all this stuff going on. Our Somebody's doing a logo for us, Let Freedom Ring. And, um, yeah, we're going through the Constitution. There's some, I'm trying to work on something else to go with it, but it's secret right now. So I can't hmm. tell you on here. Okay. But, um, yeah, it's super hush-hush secret. But when it's not, I will scream it from the mountaintops as per usual. Just one more thing, trying to, trying to break down that barrier of yeah. – in and out. If that barrier's down a little bit, it's more transparent. I'm thinking, my thought is, if it's a little bit more transparent, maybe there'll be a little less abuse. You yeah. Know, you can't get away with it. And that's I, just my thought. And that's, you know, interesting because that's, that's what I've been trying to do here. You know, my background, and I know we've talked about this a little bit too, but my background is I was inside. I, I was just as blind to all of this um, as you were before, you know, unfortunately, it, it's shoved right up in your face. And what really took me off guard, and I've talked about this on plenty of shows, was the fact that the people that I met while I was inside of there were some of the best people I've ever met in my life. And they were extremely intelligent and they were supportive and they were friendly and they picked me up and carried me when I couldn't do it myself. And when I, when I came back home, that, that was part of the mission that I did was I just said, people, people need to know this. Like they're, they're just, they're just people. There's absolutely no difference between anybody that's, outside those walls and someone that's inside those walls other than again they probably turned left when they should have turned right and there but for the grace of god go i and so that's i've i've brought a lot of people onto the show here that i met while i was inside of there to, to let them tell their stories so it's i i i'm right in line with what you're doing because i'm trying to do the same thing you're just going about it in a little bit of a different way and probably a little bit a little bit heavier. I'm I'm bitter towards legislators, so I <laughs> I kind of go. I don't want to go talk to them because I really don't think they're going to do anything. And that's I very well could be off on that case 
that's that's mm-hmm. just me and maybe I'll get there sometime. So kudos to you for that because that's something I couldn't do. <laughs> well, I well, I'm a good salesperson if I get you one on one. There you go. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Sure. <laughs> um so um you know, I mean I, I don't have the answers. I'm like, hey, I think this might be a good. You know, for every nine, ten things I try, maybe one might work out. I've tried out all kinds of stuff. I this has all happened really fast. Like, I'm, my main like as far as uh, being on my online presence, literally my main presence has been Facebook. I mean, I have a YouTube and I have a Twitter. I barely use. I try to. I'm not. And and it grew so. Everything grew so fast. It's Sometimes it's a little overwhelming. I'm not going to lie to you. Just everything is just grown. I've got 30 people inside. I, I deal with on the regular. And then we're always working on different projects. And, and uh, it's just I have a to-do list. Like, I don't even know. And, and consistently in the back of my mind, how do we get the general public on board? Because, well, you know, you need that. They're, they can help push the legislators. These are the people that are going to vote for you. So we want the voters on our side. How do we get them to be either sympathetic or preferably empathetic? I mean, I don't know. I'm I'm trying. I'm trying to break that wall down and show the humanity and the goofy. We even make this stupid goofy video where we dance. I did an interpretive dance, like a little chubby ballerina. (laughs) Yeah, I don't think she sent you that. <laughs> yeah, I I put it on my YouTube, and and I have a cup, a couple of them singing it's to that song Thousand Years." Are you familiar with that song? Yes. Loved you for that. Yes. Yes. That was the same. I mean, and I did this little dance with it, and then kind of broke it up with little videos from people inside. And I had one of them was beatboxing, and another one was doing a silly dance. Um. A couple of them were singing all serious. It was really cool. But just whatever I can do to try to get people to, to notice that they're just regular people. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, if you have any ideas or suggestions, I'll take them. Because obviously I don't get embarrassed ever, you know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I work on – I work on that too. That that's one thing that I've that I've picked up in in my coaching practice that I've learned from from my coach, my mentor is a it's a theory called act analyze adjust. So when I w- when I worked in corporate America, one of the things that used to hate I used to hate was the the planning committees where we would have a meeting to plan about when we were going to have the next meeting to plan about when we were going to have the meeting that needed to address the topic to begin with. And we would meet for a year and nothing would ever get done. So, you know, the, the premise basically just, just take action, just take action. Yes. Analyze the results from your action. And if it doesn't work, then you adjust it and you take action again. So as far as I can tell, you're on the right path. So keep doing it. Just do it. Bubble it around. Just do it. Bubble around. And by by the end of a 12-month period, you'll probably have accomplished more than most other organizations that are still in their planning phases. So I'm exhausted. When do I get (laughs) (laughs) ready for vacation? Yeah. Just do it, huh? Like Nike. That's, yeah. 
That's me. Well, that's that's my two cents. That's what we're we're trying. I don't know, and, and really trying to get everybody kind of together on that umbrella. Uh, you know, I talk to a lot of people, but they're all separate. You know, and this one's doing this, this one's doing that, that one's doing that, that one's doing that. People get jealous, people get competitive. It's ridiculous, and I'm like, just do it, man. Just come to. That was the whole coalition thing. Just come together. Yeah. Well, there was a I snapped off. I get snappy like that. I'm, you know, my last name Fatfield. Mm-hmm. I'm allowed to get snappy, um, <laughs> and I'm like, listen, people, do it together, come together under an umbrella, and everybody show up, and it doesn't matter whose um, small portion it is, it's all under that same umbrella of criminal justice, you know? Yeah. Whether it's for juveniles or for, I don't care, and and let's take action, let's get physical, and and get out there and do and be and I don't know. So that's pretty much it. That's me. That's it. That's it. So what what is the what does the future look like then for you here for you know maybe for the remainder of the year? What what are you planning? How are you are you planning to um Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa. Take it easy, Judy. The Chumba Life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. To get that word out there. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> That's fair. You That's know, fair I just know that. I just go with it. I yeah. just go with it. <laughs> I just... I just get an idea. I honestly, like here and there, I call it genius moments of genius. Mm-hmm. I literally this the whole constitution and then the other secret stuff that I can't tell you right now. Um, that all that was just this past Saturday. Okay, I was just driving along. Bloop. Um, sometimes my brain is broken. I actually I'm also taking a class, a paralegal class. Oh, okay. So um, yeah, I'll be changing careers at some point. So. I was working on school today. This is my day off, and so my brain is slightly broken right now. Hmm. <laughs> yeah, I, I, yeah. That uh, legal terminology is is a whole different language, all in and of itself. Yeah, you know what? Though I find statutes much easier to read than case law. But <clears throat> yeah, so that's the class I'm taking. So you know, I kind of. On my days off, is like a school day. I don't really talk on the phone. I don't really deal with anything. I, I let everybody else deal with stuff on those days off, and I work on my school. So this this next year, um, well, I'm hoping that everything falls into place uh, for the 4th or 3rd of July that we're working on right now. And I hope that we can get some kind of community education. I actually had an idea about 
I don't know if you've seen those little cartoon teaching videos or what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm thinking about trying to utilize something like that for, you know, teaching people how to read ballots, blah, 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 getting more political. Um, I don't know if we're ready to jump in the judicial system yet. That's just a lot. Right. Um, really until after, well, I um I, I have a few people to, I have a few calls to make about, because um, I have my own personal bills or whatever. I'm going after my body cams again, and then I also want to go after the second look at for people under 20, under the age of 25. That's my personal. Uh, as a coalition, it's, everybody has their own personal things they want to go after. So my personal is that. So there's a few things I, I'm working on in this next month or so about that. As a coalition, I'm hoping to have some more events, I guess you could say, mm-hmm. uh, where people are physically showing up. And, and, and that's kind of twofold. It, I mean, it's, well, actually even more than that, because what happens is when we get together, when we show up in a place and we're showing solidarity, we're showing our, our solidarity with each other. We're showing solidarity with those inside. We're showing the people inside that we still remember and we're still thinking of them that, you know, we're still supporting, we're still working and trying, you know. Yeah. We're, and and it's also getting people out of their comfort zone, uh, out of the chair, out of the living room, off of the computer, physically going somewhere, um, being a little uncomfortable maybe in the heat of Florida, hmm. but, uh, you know, it's not comfortable in prison either. So, right. and there's a few projects on the horizon that we've kind of been working on that had to stop because of COVID. And I don't know if, when they're going to be able to start again, you know, because it's starting. Sure. Can't get together. So there's a few of those involving some colleges. I've actually had some discussions with one of, there's a, uh, a couple of professors that go to college, and I've had discussions with them, so I think we might be working on a project together at some point. This is very new, so I don't want to really say a lot. Um, I have another – I have a lot of secret projects. <laughs> hey, and again, at least you're doing something. That's okay. The, the thing is, I don't like to go public with things until it's like – you know, completely sure or what have you. I really, really hate to give false hope. Mm-hmm. I really do not like false hope. Yeah. I'm very much against it. So I don't want to say, hey, we're going to do this because it's not, it's not complete. It's not definite yet. It's, it's on the table. We're, we're working on it. It's like, well, if we can get a venue for that, boom, that's it. It's, it'll be public. Yeah. You know, so we just need that one thing and then can go from there. So we, there's a, there's some collaborative projects, and that's also been my thing is trying to get more and more collaboration in the Florida advocacy and activism realm. And I want to really push the activism a little bit more. You as a person, maybe not you as an organization, but you as a person can feel free to be political and can feel free to go stand out somewhere or what have you. And uh, who knows whatever kind of crazy ideas I get between now and then the end of the year. <laughs> I don't know. Who knows what happens between now and then. But uh, we do have lobby days every year when they're in session. It's towards the beginning of the year, you know, February, March or what have you. There's lobby days 
there's a huge event I want to have, but I don't think we'll be able to do that till 2022 because it's going to take a lot of planning. And that's part of why bringing everybody together as a coalition because it's huge. So, yeah. Um, now, as we as we wind down, I, I am kind of curious though how like how is your your daughter doing since you've been doing this? What it, what's it been like for her and where she at now? She's uh well, she is stuck in that same place basically until she comes out at this point because uh they are well aware that we want her moved to another uh prison. Yeah. So right before I think it's every six months or so, she'll get a DR, what's called a disciplinary report for who knows what. Mm-hmm. One was for braiding hair. That's one was that she didn't get off her bunk fast enough. It doesn't matter. Whatever it is, they it, it prevents her from getting a, a good behavior transfer. So we've been just kind of continuing on. They nothing physical has happened to her. Um, since, but as I said, I'm an extremely aggressive person. Yeah, I will come at you with 25 different directions. You have no way to run. <laughs> Very aggressive. So she, like her safety is okay. Um, and now she's actually currently we have what's called a pride program. Some of the prisons participate, or a company comes in. They use um, employees. They use prisoners and employees. You make about twenty dollars a month. Uh, I do. I want to get into that one. No, <laughs> not really. Yeah. They've been. At, they've had pride for almost thirty years, and they make. They started out at twenty bucks a month, and it's still the same. So um, she does have that position now, and that's nice because it kind of gives her something to do all day. So, and she's pretty good. And that's my, and this is my kid. And, and she's, uh, she's just as aggressive as I am. She's, she's doing okay. You know, she's, uh, has she, has she been able to hear about any of the work that you're, that you're doing? Like, has she seen any of the fruits oh, yeah. of that labor where she's at? Well, I mean, does anything change there? No, nothing has changed at any of these prisons as of yet. Very few things have changed as sure. of yet. A few times. You know, we get enough uh, secret information out at some of these places. But, uh, you know, it's like banging your head against a cement wall by, while pulling the eye tooth and holding off a rabid dog with your foot. So as far as getting changes made at these places, no, no. You know, actually, what was this? Uh, around that same time that I was lobbying, there was a lady where she's at that uh, refused. She was at. She refused to get on her knees to, to scrub the toilet. She has hip issues. She's an older lady, and she was beaten. She's now a quadriplegic. Mm. And the officer that did it, he he still hasn't been arrested for. He got arrested for uh, uh, sexually molesting her his stepdaughter or something, and <laughs> subsequently was fired for that. Still nothing. Still it's. I have no answers for it. Sure yeah, that's a, like, that's a that's a whole other topic of conversation there. Yeah, that's just. I mean, are you serious? I mean, there 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 was three of them, but only one of them actually put us, you know, physically did it to her. Yeah. But um, I mean, it's a civil suit, but um, no criminal charges. Yeah. No. And like a month before that, a cell phone footage was leaked out with like I believe it was eight officers on one guy, and 
they did get actually there was a couple of criminal charges finally, but that's what it takes, literally. Sure. Yeah. So no, unfortunately, I mean, I I do at least weekly R and D emails, and she's part of it, even though she says she's not an R and D because she's my child. I said, well, I'm sorry, you are. Hmm. And, uh, so she gets those as well, and, and I she's kept up on what all is going on. But as far as the change in there, no, nothing. No. Nope. Not at all. Well, that's that's why we keep so, doing what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah, I I think that I think when it's no longer a secret, maybe there will be. Honestly. Yeah. That's true. And uh yeah. So Angie, if someone felt so inclined to reach out to you and your organization, maybe they wanted to become part of the coalition or just add some questions that they wanted to run by you, what is the best way for them to to reach you, uh, to reach your organization, your team? Where can we find you? Well, uh, we do have a public page on Facebook that anybody can go to. We have a private group. The Florida Justice Coalition is the private group. We have a public page, which is FL Justice Coalition on Facebook. We also have a Twitter. We're terrible with Twitter, though. Let me just say that now. Um, but very good with Facebook. And we have the the ForgottenCitizens.org, which is not necessarily the coalition, but, you know, it's kind of, sort of. So and you can go on there. You can actually read some of the articles written by people inside. You can see some of that. There's a team page there on the homepage. You can see some of the people inside. And um, and there's uh, there's email attached to that, so you can email and I mean, there's just there's my I'm on Facebook, a public profile. You can you don't have to be my friend. You can just talk to me on Facebook. I don't <laughs> mind. There we go. I'm always fully dressed. So I don't mind. <laughs> there we go. And uh, I have a Twitter as well. Terrible with it, though. <laughs> hey, I with everything else that I've had going on, my social media has has fallen to the wayside as well. So you'll, you'll get no judgment on this end. Don't worry about that. Yeah. Yeah. The the best way is probably Facebook and then um, the actual justice coalition. Cause I'm not the only one on the coalition, yeah. you know, getting a hold of me might take a day or two sometimes. So one thing that I want to ask you, and this is what I like to, this is what I like to ask everyone that comes on and, and, I try to end on uh, on a constructive note, as I said in the beginning. Sometimes we do talk about some some pretty tough pretty tough topics here, and and I hate to leave people with that pit in the stomach kind of a feeling. So if you were sitting across the table right now from someone who was was struggling with an instance like this through the system, maybe they have a daughter or a son or a loved one who is inside and went through something like your daughter did. Or maybe there's someone like yourself who who is seeing the injustice happen and and wants to do something. What advice or what would you say to to that person to encourage them? Um, never stop, never give up. Any i any idea could possibly be what makes or breaks it. But try try and take a few minutes to yourself as well. Because you'll get burnout, but never stop. 
never give up. Always make sure that your loved one knows that you're there for them. And also as well, if you have a loved one inside and if you're concerned about them, make sure that you know, have another contact in their dorm or bunkie or whoever, so that if something happens to them, that other person can get a hold of you and let you know. And um, find some support groups in your area as well. But never, ever, ever give up. Be realistic. Just don't stop. Because it's hard. It's a long yeah. battle. That's a good way to put it, though. Be realistic, but don't stop. I yes. think the realistic part there, that's that's the key. That's the key. <laughs> Well, Angie, yeah. I want to I want to thank you very much for for your time. You know, we obviously it took us a couple of tries to get going here with everything that's been going mm-hmm. on, but I appreciate your your patience, and of course, I appreciate you taking no time out of your day. And, ladies no and gentlemen, please don't forget you can visit me online at survivingthesystem.org where you can either send me a message through there, or if you don't use podcasts, you can listen to all of my archived episodes there. Catch me on Facebook at facebook.com slash surviving the system. And I also am on Twitter, not very well yet, but I'm working on it. It's at STS, the podcast. And please feel free to send me a message. If you have a friend or a family member that is struggling inside or facing some facet of the system, or if you've been through and you just need someone to to bounce an idea off of just a, a, an empathetic ear to listen, be more than happy to. And if you have an idea for someone that you think I should reach out to and visit with because they have a compelling story, I would love to hear about it. But until then, ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate your time. Angie, thank you for coming on and we will see you all next time. It may be easy to look at all the corruption and manipulation in the system and feel hopeless. Here at Surviving the System, we hold to the belief that greatness is born in the midst of extraordinary struggles. You were created with a purpose, with infinite potential, and many have lost sight of that fact. We're here to remind you of who you are. The best revenge is success. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW group. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.